Good morning, everyone, and welcome to day 13 of our Lenten meditations. It is Monday of the second full week of Lent, and we are once again doing Meditations for Lent by Bishop Jacques Bossuet. From uh, This book is from Sophia Institute Press. But, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So, uh, if anyone's new, these meditations do go up on YouTube, uh, on Spiritus TV, and on audio podcast. Um, I was putting these on Locals, but then I made the mistake of... Uh, so, on Locals, we only have a certain number of live streams we can do per month, um, at least until we get 500 supporters. Um once we have 500 supporters, we'll get a lot more uh, live streams and upload limits, stuff like that. So please consider supporting us on Locals. Uh, it's avoidingbabylon.locals.com. But I was putting these on Locals until I used up all of our live streams because these are daily and we only get 10 per month. So no more doing that on Locals. Sorry, guys. <clears throat> but anyways, uh, YouTube, Spiritual TV, and audio podcast. Um yeah, so let's get into it. I'm going to put up an image on screen so there's nothing to watch. Just listen, just meditate, and um, and let's get going. Day 13, week 2, Monday. And you will be forgiven. There is good reason to be astonished that men should sin so boldly in the sight of heaven and earth and show so little fear of the Most High God. Yet it is a much greater cause of astonishment that while we multiply our iniquities beyond the sands of the sea and have so great a need for God to be so kind and indulgent, we are nevertheless so demanding ourselves such indignity and such injustice. We want God to suffer everything from us, and we are not able to suffer anything from anyone we exaggerate beyond measure the faults committed against us. Worms that we are, we take the slightest pressure exerted on us to be an enormous attack. Meanwhile, we count as nothing what we undertake proudly against the sovereign majesty of God and the rights of his empire. Blind and wretched mortals, will we always be so sensitive and delicate? Will we never open our eyes to the truth? Will we never understand that the one who does injury to us is always much more to be pitied than are we who receive the injury? That he pierces his own heart while merely grazing our skin, in that, in the end, our enemies are mad, wanting to make us drink all the venom of their hatred. They do so first themselves, swallowing the very poison that they have prepared. Since those who do evil to us are unhealthy in mind, why do we embitter them by our cruel vengeance? Why do we not rather seek to bring them back to reason by our patience and mildness? Yet we are far removed from these charitable dispositions. Far, <clears throat> far from making the effort at self-command that would enable us to endure an injury, we think that we are lowering ourselves if we do not take pride in being delicate in points of honor. We even think well of ourselves for our extreme sensitivity, and we carry our resentment beyond all measure, 
either exercising a pitiless vengeance upon those who anger us, or consoling ourselves with burdening them by making a show of our patience, or by feigning tranquility in order to insult them all the more. We are such cruel enemies and implacable avengers that we even turn patience and pity into the weapons of our anger. Yet these are not our worst excesses, for we do not always wait for actual injuries in order to be irritated. Shadows, jealousies, and a hidden opposition suffice to arm us against one another. We often come to hate for the sole reason of believing ourselves to be hated. Anxiety seizes us. We fear injuries before they come, and carried off by our suspicions, we avenge what has not yet taken place. All this we must stop. We must take care how we speak about our neighbor. That little world word, the dart casually tossed, the malicious tale that gives us rise to so many straying thoughts by its affected obliqueness, none of these will fall to the earth. No secret word is without result. Wisdom one eleven. We must take care of what we say and bridle our malicious anger in unruly tongues. For there is a God in heaven who has told us that he will demand a reckoning of our careless words. Matthew 12.36 What recompense shall he exact for those which are harmful and malicious? We ought, therefore, to revere his eyes in his presence. Let us ponder the fact that he will judge us as we have judged our neighbor. If we pardon, he will pardon us. If we avenge our injuries, we will suffer vengeance from the Lord. Sirach 28.1 His vengeance will pursue us in life and in death, and we will have no rest either in this world or the next. Let us, then, not wait until the hour of death to pardon our enemies, but let us practice what St. Paul taught. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Ephesians 4.26 The Apostle's tender, paternal heart could not comprehend that a Christian, a child of peace, could sleep peacefully with a heart that was ulcerated and embittered toward his brother, nor that he could enjoy any rest while willing evil to his neighbor, whose interests God has taken in hand. The light is waning. The sun sets. The apostle gives you no time to waste. You have barely enough time to obey. We must no longer delay this necessary work. Let us hasten to hand our resentment over to God. If we reserve all of the business of our salvation until the day of our death, it will be far too busy a day. Let us begin now to prepare for the graces that we will need then, and by pardoning those who hurt us, let us assure ourselves of the eternal mercy of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Okay, there's our meditation for the day. Um, once again, Bishop Bosway is calling us to be better and to do something that we often find to be very difficult. <laughs> um, but I hope you find the meditation to be fruitful and I hope you have a good start to your second week of Lent. And I appreciate you watching these and I will see you again tomorrow. Thank mm-hmm. you.